Is our planet an atom in a giant's universe? Is water the ghost of ice? All of these questions you can find the answer to on oh, this yeah. Paranormal Live! <coughs> oh, <coughs> Jesus. You all right there, bud? I actually wasn't even a bit. I just, I strained my voice, actually. Is everything okay, bud? Everything's fine. Welcome. <clears throat> Welcome, everyone, to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast, where every week we investigate a brand new tale case, claim, beast, and come to a conclusion as to whether or not it is, in fact, paranormal. You're goddamn right. My name is Roy Powers. I'm joined by Kit Greer. We are two professional paranormal investigators. We've been in the field since Bigfoot was Littlefoot, you know? We're no strangers to the world of the paranormal. That's right. You show me a ghost, I knew that motherfucker when he was alive. That's how long we've been doing this thing for, okay? I'm hunting my granddad at this point. <laughs> Already! I'm really excited to be here today, Kit, because uh, I can't state enough how huge of a case it's going to be today. Really? This is a big one. And we've done big ones in the past before. We've done Roswell. Yeah. You know, we've done the Chupacabra. Sure. We've done spring Jack. We've done them all. Nothing. Nothing we've done in 150 episodes could prepare you for what's about to happen today. Really? I mean, we've had some pretty salacious episodes. We've had uh, Neil Armstrong hunting for aliens, nothing. a personal highlight. Nothing. That's a nursery That's rhyme to compared you. to what's about to come. All right. We got an email from Brenna who said, Hey, Kit and Rory, I've been obsessed with TPL for a few months now, and I look forward to the new episode every week. She continued to write about the sort of case that you hear about once in a lifetime. Wow, just dropped a bombshell. The kind of case that once you hear about it, it's all over, It's folks. all over. Tell you, Shut up, shop. Tell your wife and kids, bye-bye. You ain't seeing Papa anymore. Throw the phone in the lake. It's gone. Imagine winning the lottery, but instead of getting money, you get punched in the back of the head by a wizard. It turns your brain to goo. That doesn't sound good. It's not good. Oh. It's a curse. This episode is a curse. How is it like the I've lottery? I've been inflicted because money is 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 power, and power is a curse. Definitely not wrong. You just got us so backwards. Also, did you say this episode was a curse? And I think you were about to say you wanted to pass on the curse to me and our listeners. If so, I'm out. I, maybe I don't want to know. And sure, even though I said this is a case you hear about once in a lifetime. We also had it requested by Amanda Centers, Julian Hug, Paul Stankowski. Okay, so and a lot even of a people, couple Yeah, okay, sure. A, a lot couple of people, know people about sent it. it in. I'm excited to get into it. And this case is long too. Long and powerful, like an elephant's dick. We're gonna be moving fast. And I will not, I repeat, I will not be repeating myself. You just re never mind. Before I start, I want to make a huge shout out to the documentary. Westall, that's a little clue into what we're talking about today. <laughs> okay. Wow, the curtain just dropped, actually. Shit. A documentary called Westall 66, a suburban UFO mystery by Shane Ryan. This was not only a great documentary to watch uh, regarding this case, it was also just a great documentary. And a lot of the clips and things we're going to be talking about today are going to be from this documentary. All right, look, I feel like I've bigged this case up enough at the start of the episode. We just need to get into it. Let's do it. Our journey today into the unknown brings us to Westall High School in Victoria's Clayton South, Australia. The year is 1966, and it's a sunny day, April morning. Stores open for business, cars drive to work, and of course, the local children get ready for another day of school. But those children didn't realize that today, April 6th, would be a day they'd never forget. This day? The 6th of April? <laughs> Don't take it so lightly, kids. It's about to f*** up your life. It was 11 a.m. and Westall High School student Graham Simmons was in science class, mixing chemicals to produce the crystalline material when he glanced out the window and noticed something in the air. Something he'd never seen before. It looked like a circular object gliding in the sky. Uh-oh. In another classroom, children were studying silently during their morning lessons, when all of a sudden, a student burst through the door, slamming it behind him. He was out of breath, scared, and looked like he'd witnessed something terrible. Can I help you? The teacher said. 
the child was described as looking, quote, hysterical. Wow. He started screaming, There's a flying saucer outside! There's a flying saucer outside the school! Noise in the class began to build. Yeah, you can't just yell out in a, in a school and expect <laughs> everything to remain calm. Yeah, the shit is going to hit the fan. Usually, you know, if you walk into a random classroom and say, like, you know, there's a fight in the playground. Sorry, yeah. my Australian accent is a little tough. It's, it's going to be evened out by the I end of the episode. I thought it was perfect, to be Thank honest. you, man. By, by the time we're done, it's, it's going to be incredible. Sorry. I thought it was perfect, mate. Oh, my God. With Chris Hemsworth in the room right now. What the very same. <laughs> Yeah, usually if a kid go, comes in and says, you know, there's, there's a fight in the playground, that's enough to stir up commotion. If you say, there's a UFO out there and Hitler's alive and the devil just walked through the gymnasium, you know, anything like that, you're going you're gonna to stir up a riot. You're damn right. It's also, what did you say, 1966? 1966. So we're probably in peak UFO hysteria mode globally. Oh, yeah. People go crazy for this. Stuff. Roswell is recent goddamn history. And that's what happened. The kids start to chatter, students whispering, some laughing. Others got up to run to the windows and see what was happening. The teacher cried out, All right, all right, sit down. Class has just started. Everyone back to your seats. But that's when the bell started ringing. Oh, I, I guess it, I thought it was, I thought the class just started, but maybe actually <laughs> f- it, the bell's usually right. So go play kids. <laughs> It'd be great if the teacher was like, he's obviously full of shit. Everyone get back to your seats. The class has just only started. Bell rings. Oh, Jesus Christ. The little bugger was telling the truth. <laughs> the UFO bell. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Every man for himself. It's like pushing kids out of the way as he gets out. <laughs> he takes a loaded shotgun from underneath his desk. <laughs> Why did you have that there? <laughs> this is when it all started. Outside the classroom, the whole school was in panic. Children running down the halls, teachers trying to regain control, students pouring outside to see what was going on. Terry Peck, a student at the time, said that she was outside and heard a student cry out, Look, it's a flying saucer! That was a bit... I wasn't really Australian. That was, uh... I was, like, Cockney. <laughs> it was, like, Victorian English. <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, Sweep your chimney, sir! <laughs> Look, it's a flying... Flying saucer! Look, it's a flying saucer! That's, that's all right. That's good. Look, it's a flying saucer! It just gets worse when you do it on pitch. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Please don't take any offense to this, uh, any of our Australian listeners. This is, you know, with the purest heart we they're, are doing these impressions. I'm, I'm seeing the figures live here. They're dropping off hard, but oh, we need boy. to get this story out and we oh. need to do it historically accurate. <laughs> when she turned around, she saw a silver disc flying in full view low over the school. Oh my God. But it wasn't just one disc. Witnesses reported seeing a number of discs moving at impossible speeds at strange angles. A number of children collapsed in fright. Jesus Christ. Others burst into tears, stating later that they believed they were witnessing the end of the world. This is like, (laughs) normally when we have a UFO sighting, there's a singular craft, even like in the Zimbabwe, similar story, Zimbabwe UFO incident, where a single UFO visited a primary school. Yeah. Uh, It was terrifying, but that was one craft. In this story, we have a Star Wars-level dogfight, Imperial (laughs) ships hyperspace jumping into yeah. sight of the school. And also, you know, usually with these cases, it's the middle of night. It's some, like, mm-hmm. drunk-ass farmer in the middle of butt nowhere. Yep. And the UFO is like a little speck in the distance. These sons of bitches are Tokyo drifting around the school. They don't care. They're just on, in full view. And it wasn't just the children who were seeing these discs. The adults were witnessing it too. When teacher Claude Miller made it out into the yard, he bumped into the science teacher, Andrew Greenwood, who was pale-faced, looking stunned, almost teary-eyed. Andrew simply said, Did... did you see it? As he pointed upwards to the sky. Chemistry teacher Barbara Robbins was another teacher who had seen the discs and immediately ran inside, grabbed her camera, and began taking as many pictures as possible. Barbara's in the right headspace. She's already... It's like playing chess. She's already five moves ahead. She's like, I see a UFO. She's playing they're, 3D chess. They're going to take yeah, 3D chess where the queen is a, is a f- 
flying saucer that can abduct pawns. And all the pawns she- are the school children. And, like, you don't care about if pawns get killed or abducted, obviously. Exactly, as long as you win the game. And the other, the other brooks and knights, the other teachers, they're like... What's going on, man? Whereas Barbara, she's just like a, a stone cold soldier, just goes straight inside, doesn't even grab Gets the shotgun, goes straight to evidence. Exactly. So when the MIB show up and be like, "You didn't see anything," checkmate. She goes, "Ah, uh, I've got pictures." Queen to this spot. Check, double checkmate. I don't play a lot of chess. I don't know how. I it think works. that's accurate. Sunk your battle shit, <laughs> asshole. They taser immediately and just take the camera. Oh! They're like, you shouldn't have told us you had this. That was a huge... You play 3D chess and you just told us you had a camera? We play 4D chess. (laughs) (laughs) The children and staff watched in absolute awe as the strange craft hovered across the school, eventually dropping down behind a row of pine trees just outside the school ground. Now the children, still excited, took off in its direction, trying to see what was going on as the teachers cried for them to come back. Kids, stop! The f*** is an Australian accent. (laughs) Dude. Stop! (laughs) No one talks like that. Oh, (laughs) It's really hard. It's hard to do just two words. I know, because then you start to, like, really analyze it way too much. Kids, stop! (laughs) Stop! That sounds weird. Stop. Uh, Uh, You have to put it in a a whole sentence. uh, Crocky dingoes. Kids, stop. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of... It is. It is right. Yeah, it's just... It just sounds weird by itself. I'm so sorry, all our listeners from Australia. Kids, stop. Get back here. You're not allowed out of school grounds. (laughs) One more pass on the last sentence. Me, I can't, I, I'm, I, from now on, I'm not redoing okay. any lines. They're just how they sound. <laughs> Get back here! You're not allowed out of school grounds. <laughs> Don't you f- laugh at me? This is hard. There's so much more to come. <laughs> I don't want to take the tension out of this story because this is a no, tense no, moment. Don't worry, bro. No one, everyone's taking it super serious. <laughs> All right. No one's, no one's so much as giggling. Okay. Because I, re- I put a lot of work into this and I wrote the script and stuff and I don't want the, the whole accent thing to kind of derail it. And no, people to, I don't want people to think about this episode and think, oh yeah, the one with the fucking weird accent. No, we want. I want them to think about the case, the UFOs. We want 2020 US President Bernie Sanders to play this to Congress as evidence, evidence of UFOs. Exactly. And it's pretty embarrassing if he hits play at that point. So I just want to make sure that we just nail the accent going forward. But it was no use. A number of children managed to jump the fence and took off into the woods, following the strange objects in the sky, unaware of the dangers ahead. Oh no, kids. One of the girls, Jacqueline Argent, said that her friend Tanya and another girl were running through the woods to where they believed the object had landed. She tried to keep up, but her friends were too fast and she started to lose them between the trees. Tanya, Tanya, where'd you go? And then a whooshing sound as Jacqueline saw the craft rise back up into the sky, turn side on, and then silently disappear into the horizon. Silently disappear? Yeah. Whoa. Students and teachers stood on the spot in absolute shock, not knowing if the objects would return or what would happen next. A large number of students who made it to where the craft had apparently landed mentioned a huge patch of flattened yellow circular grass. Mm. Kit, what are your thoughts so far? Rory, we've gone zero to a hundred real quick. Not just one, like we say, but a number, multiple UFO sightings, all in the same place, all at once, verified by multiple sources. Yeah. Uh, trustworthy source as well. Men, women, and children. Teachers. They teach. They tell people things. True. They know at least a little bit. So for them to go on the line and say that this truly happened is pretty amazing right off the bat. Um, plus, to get this up close and personal testimony from Jacqueline uh, herself. That's pretty interesting. Not to mention this supposed physical evidence of the dead grass underneath where they landed. Exactly. Normally that happens when something lays for a long time, right? But yeah, obviously they, maybe the heat or something. The radiation. This, maybe, God forbid. Who knows? Well, if you thought that we had a lot to deal with so far, 
I don't know how you're gonna handle what's coming next, buddy. The teachers managed to wrangle the kids back to school and calm everyone down. Whatever it was, whatever had happened, at least it was gone. But this day was only beginning. A number of children started complaining that they were feeling ill. And before they knew it, children were passing out cold. In a panic, teachers called the emergency services. Hello? We, we need an ambulance pronto. The kids have been poisoned by a flying saucer. Please get here quick. That guy lost his job like that. Bam. <laughs> That's the kind of thing, as soon as you make that phone call, there's like a red dot on your forehead. <laughs> there's a man in the bushes waiting for the okay to take you out. So the ambulances arrived at the school and began to try to figure out what the hell was going on with these kids. Jacqueline, who we mentioned earlier, was one of the girls who had ran towards the craft with her friend Tanya. When they arrived back at the school, Tanya dropped to the floor. There was definitely an ambulance on the oval and I was told that she'd been taken away in the ambulance and that was the last time I ever saw her. Wow. She was just gone and she never came back to school. Tanya never came back? She disappeared. That is messed up. They picked her up in the ambulance, drove her away, she never came back. She <laughs> either tragically died or she knew too much, one of the above. I'm gonna go ahead and say they didn't bring her to a hospital <laughs> for a start. It seems like the kind of thing they picked her up, went right past the hospital, straight to some sort of secret military cave, and just dissected her on the spot. They took her to the one place where no one would ever believe her, a North Korean labor camp in <laughs> Siberia. She can yap all she wants in that Australian accent about UFOs, but she's just going to have to keep shoveling coal. There's only one place an ambulance should take you to, and yes. it's the hospital. Yes. If and you, anything else is a breach of the it's social paranormal. contract. It's yeah. absolutely paranormal. <laughs> I mean, if you're in the, the back of the ambulance, you know, with like the nurse who's uh, helping you out, you've got all, you've got the IVs in you, yep. and you're looking out the window, and you see the, the turnoff for hospital, just you, and you go right by it. <laughs> And you're like, oh, um, miss, are we going to a better hospital by any chance? You turn to the right. The nurse doesn't have any pupils, pure white eyes. You're in trouble, pal. You Terminator need, style, one red eye, in fact. You need to start grabbing syringes and swinging them wildly. Because if you don't stop that ambulance, you're dead. And of course, it wasn't only the students and teachers of the school that had witnessed the crafts. Paul Smith, a local market gardener, was a nearby civilian who had also watched in disbelief as this strange craft touched down by the school. He said, Here we go again. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. At first I thought someone had some sort of way of projecting an image on the sky, but my boss and my whole team of workers saw it clear as day. Hmm, interesting. I never would have thought of that, but that's interesting. I really like that description. It's so it's so colorful and um, specific that it really helps paint a picture of what it must have been like to witness something like to that. To see something literally impossible happen before your eyes. Yeah. yeah, and this is how you try and justify it. You know, it's a lot it's a lot more interesting than like I saw something that looked like a plane. Yeah. It's he obviously saw something that was so supernatural that his this was the only way his brain could kind of digest it was like is a film, I guess. Yeah. It's really interesting. He's, I swear to god if someone if someone later in this story claims that this is some military technology, this is all, oh, I know guess it's coming. some you know it's Chinese experimental stealth craft, fuck you. <laughs> okay, for whoa, saying whoa. they whoa. have that technology in 1966. I'm sorry, fuck them okay. for saying that. I'm just calling out in advance. In a if, someone, if someone has the gall to say that and contradict what this good gentleman said. It's okay. Well, this good gentleman said that uh, it looked like a movie being projected. Exactly. Okay. So Beyond I don't. Are you mad life. at him? No, I'm mad <laughs> at the the narcs who are I who I just can feel it are gonna come in and say that this didn't really happen. All right. I just believe this guy is what I'm saying. Hey, I believe I'm right there with you. I'm right there. I'm with just you, getting pal. fired up. I'm sorry. Oh, you have no idea how fired up we 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 are about to explode. <laughs> we are two men about to detonate in this podcast studio. It's about to get weird in here because, as I've said, I think at the start of every paragraph so far. We're only getting started. <laughs> uh, there's right at home right now. We, there's there's some people out there who are the true 
UFO believers. Yeah. We need them to get fired up right now. Yeah. To crank up the volume and just get ready. Around 20 minutes after the craft had disappeared, things started to escalate. Trucks of military personnel arrived at the school, around 20 men at least. But the strangest part was at the time there were no deployable troops in Melbourne. These men, whoever they were, weren't regular military. Mm. Back at the school, it was chaos. Police cars and press had surrounded the building. Students were being filed into classrooms. Teachers were being brought into meetings with men in suits, being told to tell the kids that what they saw simply didn't exist. Is that for real? Yeah, this is all for real. This whole thing. I shouldn't have to specify that after a point. All of this is for real. <laughs> I know we've kind of abused your trust over the years, listeners. Yeah. By sure. saying a bunch of shit and then at the end saying none of it really happened. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. this time it's for real. That's right. The world of the paranormal is built on giving people second chances. All right. Think about the little boy who cried wolf. Sure. If they had believed him every single time, he wouldn't have died. Right. And that was the moral of the story. But if they had have listened to him, they would have known the wolf was there at the first time. While walking the halls of the school, one of the teachers spotted Barbara Robbins, the teacher who had taken the photographs of the craft. Mm. We weren't allowed to leave the school, at least I wasn't. My job was to walk up and down the corridors and make sure that all students were in their rooms. I was walking back from the West End. There was a confrontation between Mr. Sambleby Barbara Robbins and a man I'd never seen before. I thought it was a police uniform, but it was just dark blue. It was demanded that she hand over not the film, but the entire camera. It's exactly what we were afraid of. This is this is red flags everywhere. They're coming in, they're ganking evidence, they're denying the truth, they're shutting down kids, they're not listening to them. The kids are pulling their little trouser legs going, oh, there's a, we saw the wolf, we saw the wolf. And they're like, f*** off, you little rat. I'm the law, and I say the wolf doesn't exist. Will Smith is there, sunglasses on, neuralizing <laughs> child after child, wiping their... They're already blank little heads. Exactly. It's like goddamn photo day. They're all lined up to get in the booth. Uh-oh, now they don't remember algebra. Back to P1 with you, you goddamn 18-year-old. And then, you know, the guy who was working, the, the neuralizer was like, all right, that's everyone. And then an even bigger man in black turns around and goes, almost everyone. Neuralizes him. And then he goes to the meeting and they're like, did you, did you get him? He's like, that's right everyone's been taken care of and then like a a colonel turns around in his chair and goes almost everyone shoots the guy who neuralized the agent then he sends a telegram being like mr president the targets have been dealt with and then the, the, the president is obviously like i mean can you see where this is going can you see what's about to happen the president drops the nuke on the school <laughs> wiping out all witnesses and cleaning it up and seemingly that would mean that the neuralizing was kind of pointless but you (laughs) you cannot be too careful about these things of course that is why the galactic 12 then (laughs) neuralized the president and of course they're the highest of highs the highest echelon right they're the 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 keepers of the ancient secrets of the world so you can't neuralize them eventually through the chaos the bell rang and all of the children were called into the main hall for an emergency assembly The students filled the room, confused and scared. Did you see it? Did you see the craft? It touched down by the trees just outside school. Headmaster Frank Sambleby walked across the stage and silenced the crowd. All right, everyone calm down. We need everyone to be quiet. What you all saw today didn't exist, all right? It was a weather balloon, nothing more. Any student caught talking about this will be severely punished. And any Any teacher teacher will lose their job. That little M.I.B. rat coward. Someone got him in a room and and with the gun to the back of his head, made sure he went out there and told these people what to do. You know, they they took it's the 60s. I don't know how they did it, but they took out a little laptop and there was a live video feed of his wife and kids tied up at exactly. home with a red dot sight against their little foreheads. You know what you have to do, Frank. Do you know what? F***ing kill my wife and child. 
I believe in the paranormal. The truth has to get out there. <laughs> they fire the bullet. Time to move to plan B. A clone of Frank walks out. I am ready to talk to the children. He walks out. <laughs> Obey your elders. <laughs> it's a f***ing mech. It's ten times the size of the principal. Anyone who talks about the aliens will be eliminated. I mean, I knew he'd been hitting the gym, but he's pretty yoked, don't you think? That's the end of school for today. The jets on his feet activate and he goes up through the roof. So even though these are the main events that took place during the day, there are so many different parts to this case that need to be taken into consideration. There were dozens of UFO sightings days before the main sighting that what? took place. Exactly. Uh, local residents talked about seeing objects in the sky. People mentioned seeing lights above them in the night. Weird, weird stories from people all over town, all over. Years later, UFO investigators and members of the Disclosure Project decided to look into the official records of what happened at Westall. Through the Freedom of Information Act, they managed to get access to a huge database. We're talking about documents from the RAAF, the Department of Defense, Department of Civil Aviation, and a huge amount of intelligence files from the time. But when they searched for the Westall case, there was nothing. Mm, Nothing. Almost kid. too quiet. UFO researcher Bill Chalker said he had a shopping list of UFO sightings that he wanted to investigate, and every case he managed to find documents relating to the incident. Except Westall. The whole incident had just been scrubbed clean off of any records. Interesting. Even when Shane Ryan was making his documentary, the one that we've used clips from today, Westall 66, a suburban UFO mystery, when he went to a news station that had recorded interviews with some of the children on the day of the event, the film reels were missing from the library. Whoa. That doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. I've seen footage from Shane Ryan in this library. Yeah. Looking through the footage. This is the one where they have like you know those bookshelves that move when you move the vowels? Mm. It, it looks like an, this insane backlog of basically everything that they have ever shot, categorically organized and set up in these shelves. And when he opens the reel that's supposed to be about Westall, it's gone. The footage is gone. The interviews with these kids and with the, some of the teachers that day, completely missing. In, it, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen unless someone wants it to happen. And then it happens or somebody dies. And then even this, aside from the interviews, the fact that whenever you look up the diaries of the Air Force and diaries of the military for that day, suddenly it's goddamn bring your daughter to work day. Yeah. It's all out there getting brunch that day. And it's worth noting, you know, there's been other UFO sightings in Melbourne and obviously in Australia. As we said... Bill Chalker, who was looking through these files, he found tons of other reports on other sightings of unidentified flying objects. There is no way that the Westall case would be in there. Yeah. It was the one that had over 200 witnesses. It was in daylight. Children were passing out. Teachers, civilians, students all saw this thing. There is no way that that is not making any of these records while, you know, Billy Chud in his tractor drunk off his ass at 3 a.m. who thought he saw a flying scarecrow is being listed in the paranormal files. You're damn right. It's kind of interesting. And I'll defend Billy Chud till I die. That man has a heart of coal and a soul of gold. So I won't not, hear... not where I was expecting that argument to go, right. by the way, but I I feel bad for throwing Billy Chud under the under the bus like that. He's a good man. Sure, of course. He's a paranormal enthusiast. Uh it is interesting to see how different countries, governments tackle these events because you know, we like we like to rag on the uh, American government yeah. for their coverage of of UFO sightings. We like to rag on the British government we love as it. well. Um but, you know, all credit to them, whenever pretty much to date, all the cases, which are many that we've covered that have happened in the United States, 50 years later, 
they will cough up some type of heavily redacted document about exactly. the event. Yeah. And many times they'll be like, hey, we hold our hands up. We thought it was a f- gray. Uh, here's why we think it's a weather balloon. And you can choose to disagree with that or not, but they recorded it. They didn't just wipe the slate clean necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. Which is so weird because as we said even with roswell you'd still get a couple documents it's very strange to think that the solution at this time was just to erase everything you know shane's doing his research for this story and he's like there's no evidence anywhere what the hell could have happened and he's like flicking through his calendar back to that day to see um, what other stuff happened around it in history that day is just missing from the calendar <laughs> he's like flicking through he's in a shop flicking through all the calendars that one date is missing it just skips that number i would love it if he tackled all of this in the documentary and he's like to find out about the missing evidence and the blackout days in the calendar i went back to the school where the story first began to talk to the school's headmaster frank cuts to robot frank who's still been serving at the school for all of these years <laughs> nothing happened that day to be honest frank it's been about 50 years i thought you'd have moved on by now retired maybe but uh i mean you look great the children are my life i will defend them even from the truth okay well that's a weird thing to say you should be telling them the truth and in fact i'm asking you about the truth i don't know anything about the blackout day or the aliens i didn't I didn't even mention the blackout day. What do you know about the blackout day? I thought you mentioned it when you walked in. No. No? Shit. Could you do me a favor and look into the light? (laughs) This is all in the documentary. (laughs) The next hour of the documentary is him starting it over because he forgot that he recorded the first 30 minutes. (laughs) So I went to the school to talk to Frank, the local headmaster. He's been there since the incident. Shit, he's back again. Nice to meet you, Shane. We've never met before. (laughs) Look, I could honestly go on and on and on about this case. We, We don't have enough time to mention all of the specific details that took place. There's testimonies from kids who claims that they were interrogated in the school by strange men in suits that they had never seen before. Sure. Some of the students say that they went to Tanya's house to try and find out if she was okay after the incident, and a strange woman opened the door and said that Tanya had never lived there. Like in a horror movie? (laughs) Yeah. You can, you can see why I didn't include some of these, uh, these other aspects of the story. I mean, that's pretty freaking weird. I don't think it's real, but definitely strange and, and very interesting. But let's reel it back, Kit. All right. It's time for us to, Plant our heels in the ground. Stop moving. Turn around. Look at what's going on. Look straight into the bright light. Exactly. Facing us. Because this case, this case is like the sun. If you look at it for too long, you'll go blind. But sometimes you need to have a little glance at the sun. Just to make make sure it's really there. Because (laughs) some of us aren't sure. Exactly. And make sure it's not up to anything. Weird. Let's look at the sun. Look at the sun with me, Kit, will you? I will. All right. I'm going to put on some shades. I'm going to take mine off. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I'm ready to die. What's going on in this case? I mean, we have just breezed over so many details that we need to pick apart. Yeah. We've got the disappearance of Tanya. We got the firsthand evidence uh, of the craft taking off from from the woods. We've got the dead grass underneath where it landed. That physical evidence we've got the principal claiming this was a weather balloon i mean where did let's start there okay where where did that official line even come from so i mean that's a very weird thing for a principal to state as fact how the do you know what a weather balloon is exactly he has no jurisdiction or authority to make that claim it's never even listed that he saw it either in one article it mentions that he remained indoors out of fear (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think he's necessarily the voice who should be telling people what this is and what this isn't. That is very much, I believe, someone else's voice going through him. Not in a robotic hypnotism way, in more of like a metaphorical, he's being told what to say. Listen, kids, um, a man with a a massive envelope full of cash just (laughs) told me it was a weather balloon, so I'm pretty darn sure it's a weather balloon. It's like, I'm not sure that's exactly uh, ethical. Do you want the new gymnasium or not? Because if we, if you want the new gymnasium, well, I need the money. We need the envelope. 
He's he's basically telling the truth. Listen, if you want the gymnasium, it's a weather balloon. Sure, if you want to just run around the dirt, it's a UFO, which is it going to be, kids? <laughs> guy's like, you're not getting the cash anymore. <laughs> you told the kids. <laughs> it's every day in this school. Every day, something new. Why, why is he the principal? <laughs> he doesn't want to be here. He swears every so much. day with these kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there is some justification behind these claims uh, without getting into the specifics. You know, uh, people have noted that there were uh, some military operations in Australia around the time. There were some prototypes of aircraft that could be that could have kind of gone AWOL, kind of got out of control and drifted into territories they weren't supposed to. But when you hear people describe what they saw, ships turning sideways and disappearing, disappearing. You would never say it, yeah. something disappears. It doesn't happen. Yeah. I Things mean, fly away. Even today's like most sophisticated fighter jets that cost billions of dollars a piece, they disappear over the horizon, <laughs> yeah. like in a very slow fashion, because it takes miles. Exactly. They don't yeah. disappear in a blink of an eye. I mean, if the man if the civilian who saw this craft flying by the schools said it looked like someone was projecting film into the sky. I'm assuming it wasn't a giant metal balloon. This was something that his brain could not physically comprehend. So he had to justify it in this insane way. I think claiming that it is uh, some sort of military craft, like a weather balloon, is, is, a, is a terrible excuse. Terrible excuse for what this is. This is why I was getting so riled up earlier, and I'm trying to keep a lid on it right now, but... This is what messes me up about this. It's 1966, people. If this happened today, I could understand the degree of speculation. You've got Elon Musk out there sending rockets to space and then landing them exactly back the way they went off in the first place. That's pretty paranormal. That's pretty paranormal. But even that, you can't describe in these terms that we heard here in the episode. I just do not believe. We've covered it in episodes before. There have been research attempts into making circular crafts, crafts that use alternate forms of energy for transportation. Yeah. But they never nailed it. They never nailed a circular craft that turns 360 degrees and <laughs> travels at the speed of light. If they, Doesn't happen. If they did it, you'd be on skyscanner.net booking economy flights across the world with it today. Yeah. Have you ever seen a Boeing 737 rise off the ground and bend horizontally before disappearing into the horizon? No, you haven't seen it. Because nothing can do that. Nothing that we have can do that. Uh, now I'm getting fired I'm up, I'm getting man. fired up. It, is an, it was an injustice what happened this day, all right? Because the other argument is that th there were kids, all right? And oh, it was a... Um, here we go. What do you call it? What do you call it when it's like a group... Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. That's what they're saying. It was mass hysteria. These guys are kids. They don't know what they saw. They were all just excited and running around. Some of these students to this day are still looking for the answers for what they saw. And I think it is an insult to them to insist and tell them that they are wrong and that they didn't see anything. It's, it's, it, how dare you? How dare you, you MIB bastard? Wait till I, I hold on a minute till I find my freaking baton and I will deal with Why you. Why do you have a baton? To deal with the MIBs, Kent. Don't embarrass me in front of the MIBs. <laughs> There's no MIBs here. They're, they're, ever, they're always I mean, they here. They might be listening. They're always but... here. Okay. They're probably under my goddamn bed. They're in the vents. They're in my mattress just freaking starfish in there that's why i baton my bed every night before i go to bed that's what that sound is yeah oh my christ you know just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they ain't watching you exactly exactly we've been saying that's a bumper sticker right there my friend you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. But not to mention the kids, these teachers saw it as well. And why, where the frig are Barbara's <laughs> photographs? Okay? Exactly. That's exactly. what we need to know. Hashtag, we need a hashtag campaign, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag give Barbara her photos back. This was the problem what we said with Barbara. Being three steps ahead in chess would be, you know, one, they say it didn't happen. So I'm going to take pictures. Mm-hmm. But the next step above that is they're going to confiscate my pictures. That's true. She should have made the next step, which is, well, first off, don't tell them you have the pictures. Right. Second off, make duplicates, make copies. Yeah. She's you, like a, a teacher. She's like a science teacher. They've got a copy machine. I don't yeah, know how, or like how a, stuff uh, works. What are those rooms? Red rooms? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if a school had one, but maybe. They probably have like a photography a, a dark club room. or something. Maybe they have even a school newspaper. She should have kicked down the front door and just being like, stop the press. Chucked that film reel right at the little, tiny little news editor's head. And he's like, you little know. Peter like, Parker looking asshole. Exactly. Just slapped him across the side <laughs> of the head and just go print that, you little bitch. And slam like, the door. Who are you? It's like. <laughs> That's how you know Hollywood isn't real life because in the Hollywood adaptation of this, the MIB comes and takes the, her camera and she makes a big fuss. She's like, no, give me that back. Give me it back. The MIB walks away and her colleague is like, ah, I'm sorry, Barbara. What the hell are we going to do? They got the camera. And she goes, did they? And she produces another film from her pocket. She gave them a decoy. That, yeah, that would be really cool. That would be the movie adaptation, but unfortunately, she didn't have a decoy. They got the photos. They, they, they completely got it, yeah. There, there's nothing to pull out. There's no prestige, which is a shame because that would have been that would have been the evidence that really tied it all together. It's so I'll true. With you. It's so true. Look, I told you this was a big case. I told you we were going to get fired up with the injustice that was delivered on this day. I guess there's no there's no more time to, to deliberate it. We just need to come down on a conclusion. It's true. As to whether or not we believe something paranormal happened on this day. The very paranormal April 6th. 1966. 1966. I'm starting to sense a little bit of bias here as to where you may be going with this. Okay. Sure. But you're right. It's bias. It's called education. Okay. There's the two very different things. So she said, we, there's no point deliberating. We need to decide uh, about being, the injustice <laughs> on this very paranormal day. Being educated, knowing what you're talking about, that's not a bias, you know? Sure. Two pl- me saying like, I think that two plus two is four isn't me saying that I hate three or five. It's me knowing math and shit, all right? Sure, but- If I say- the the world is flat. Yeah, it's because I know it is because I've done the research. That's not a. It isn't because I example. hate globes. All right, there's a big difference between being biased. You and do being hate informed. globes. Though. I obviously I hate globes. You know where's my baton? <laughs> I'm getting stressed out, and I just feel more comfortable if I have my baton. I honestly don't want to show you where the baton is because I feel like I might be on the receiving end you're of that if get, I disagree. You're gonna with get you. a batoning, my friend. Okay, little, I'm not gonna show you, you where the baton you is. Dirty globe. <laughs> you dirty globe. My point being, I don't consider it biased when when I know the truth. 
that these little dirty MIB rat bastards hid for all these years. That's not biased. I guess I only hesitate because normally when you know things with certainty, it's because of uh, overwhelming amount of physical evidence, Yeah, which admittedly we don't have for this case. We have a ton of reliable testimony. Sure. True. Yeah. A lot of suspicious missing information, actually, if anything. Exactly. Um, but, you know, you got to understand my hesitation here. I, I can understand your hesitation. I just, you know, when I see a case this big with this many witnesses, with this many people who have had their entire lives from the moment it happened forward completely changed. Yeah. Uh, I think it is, I think it's ridiculous to imply that nothing happened. I think obviously our conclusions will be somewhere between something strange happened and UFOs yeah. happened. So I think we just need to, we just need to decide. If you need a little bit more time, that's fine. Let's with me. go. Okay, you ready? We're, we're going to do a little countdown and then we'll just say if it's a yes or a no. Okay, you ready? Three, Three two, two, one. Yes! Yes! That's right, guys! Ooh, ooh, ooh. It is a double! Yes! We are being lied to! You're being lied to! And this episode of the podcast... This is just the beginning, it's, all it's, right? You are through the looking glass. Morpheus offered you the red pill and the blue pill, and you took them both. You took them both. I just started chomping them like M&M's asking for more. And he jacked that wire into, into the back of your head. And you're going wild, spiraling out of control. You're, you, you're doing the blood rave in the <laughs> Zion. Because you know what's coming through that wire straight into your brain? This paranormal life. life dropping life, truth life. bombs that the people don't want you to hear. Guess what? We're numb. We're numb to the flashes. You can't blind me you can't erase that i am immortal i was there that day in 1966 i'm sure of it they wiped my memory but i feel 70 years old <laughs> and obviously i have a perfect australian accent <laughs> sorry guys we got a little fired up there but it's been a while since it's we've been, had a we, double yes it's been weeks of bone dry content no after no so to finally have a yes, it means everything. It means everything to us, you know, because as much as we want to say yes to every case that comes across our desk, we and can't. we do. Well, of course, we do a lot because sometimes, you know, you got to get a couple yeses out there just to, you know, sure, keep, keep the people alive. And sometimes sponsors pay us to say yes. To, I probably shouldn't have said that actually, but uh, exactly. They, but they do. Two weeks ago, we said Ronald McDonald was a cryptid that walked in the Alaskan mountains. Um, which that's a yes obviously sorry yeah it still yeah. is for sure and next week we're investigating the Hamburglar and some of his uh, recent um, attacks he's had on the people of London and then we got I think uh, a three part series on just apple pie just a little <laughs> apple pie from McDonald's not even like is it real because it is we've had it well we're switching the find the question at the end of the episode to just is it delicious <laughs> for all three weeks and we're contractually obliged to say yes oh, we have to. it's, it's God, absolutely yes, incredible so thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of this paranormal life we love making this show every week and there's only one way we can do it it's because you guys support us on patreon.com the website that keeps on giving because we keep on taking. That's right. <laughs> From as little as two bucks a month, you can get a shout out on the podcast. And for even more, you can get bonus episodes of This Paranormal Life. I know we talk a lot about this podcast being a truth bomb that's fired right into your ears. But even this podcast has to be redacted to a certain point where it is allowed to be broadcast on the iTunes store on Spotify. Sure. The bonus content is on our own private server that we buried in the Mariana Trench with Megatron. Yeah. It's down there. We can put whatever we want on it. So if you want that super secret truth juice, check out the bonus episodes. To let you know just what's in those truth bombs, here's a little clip from last month's bonus episode. Once you are confident you have returned to your own world, you may safely exit the elevator. 
Notes concerning the woman on the fifth floor. Oh my god, there's so many notes. Do not speak to her. Do not look at her. We know that. If you do, she may decide to keep you for her own. That sounds better. <laughs> that sounds better than the other world. <laughs> what do you say, Roy? That we, we put our goddamn elevator ritual where our mouths are and we go on location for this one. Do the elevator ritual today for the listeners. Record the evidence. Record the ascension. Record the woman. We're sure, we'll ask her a couple questions for of the course. pod. Got to interview her. Yeah, I gotta say I'm a little skeptical, like Sammy himself. I didn't stop him from going to ER. That's what I'm really worried about. I say we do it. Okay. Okay. So we're now just standing. Outside the the elevator. The elevator's on ground. Sorry, we supposed to be whispering. Yes. Uh, uh, well, I mean, no, not necessarily. I'm just worried about the woman, to be honest. Okay. Well, I'll be as loud as I want. No, okay. We're at the entrance to the elevator, and we're about to enter and start the ritual. Roy, do you want to hit the button for the door? Okay. Kids holding a giant iPad with a drawing of two scary girls on it. Yeah. Well, that's just for like the, right. the woman might want to see something, you know. All right. We're in the elevator. Uh, okay. What's the first Stepping floor? Because so I don't remember any of this. we got to go to four. Okay. All right. Hitting Pressing the button for, for four. four. So no one was in the lift. When we started. Thank God. If the woman had got in at that point, I wouldn't... I would have been very thrown and, and a, more than a little skeptical. Wait, when did she get... Did she get in at four? <laughs> Is she going to get in now? Got to remember, bro, that if she gets in, we cannot look at her. We cannot speak to her. Got it. Okay, we're on four. Got it. Just going like, like, how's your day? No, 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 no nothing like that at all. It's, yeah. it's incredibly important. I ran through the rules many times. Okay, we're on two. Now we're going down to five. Okay. This is it. <gasps> this is it. All right, remember, all right. keep your eyes Here we go. lowered. We're always pressing five. I'm hitting the button. I'm freaking out, man. I'm actually a little scared. Do you smell chicken? Yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty weird. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, as I said, all that bonus content is available on Patreon.com. And anything you can do and everything that you do just helps keep this show going. Help Helps keeps us... Help... <clears throat> I almost had it there. It's a little annoying to be this close to finishing the episode and to, like, mess up like you that. You got it, bro. You got it. Just, one, just once more. Woo. Sure. Let's <clears throat> redo. Helps keeps us... Hmm, I said right, keeps. Actually. Helps keeps us. I, I can do it if you want. No, no. No, no, I've come this far. I can do it. Yeah, it's you're just, right. I'm trying you're to right. put an S on everything. You know, helps keeps us. Mm, yeah. But I don't want to take the S away because that's help keep us. Yeah. But it's not that. You have to... I think we're getting derailed. We can actually switch derailed. up the sentence if okay. you want. Just help even skip makes it. us. Helps makes us. Makes us. That's another S. Yeah. You see what I'm doing right. here, pal? Yeah. I'm going to throw in an Australian accent in the mix. See if that helps I things. I don't know if really it tie will. Together. Actually, I can't advise that. Everything that you do helps make us... Wait, what, what was I even saying in this sentence? I nailed the first part. Everything that you do helps us make this podcast. Oh. Nailed it. I think we should wrap up. <laughs> it's like the worst word I've ever said. Podcast. <laughs> it is. It's how we make this podcast. So thank you so much. And at the end of every week's podcast, <laughs> we like to thank everyone that supports us on Patreon. So, thank you to Hans Christian Winkler, the genius brain behind Hans Christian Sprinklers. Oh. If you want to keep your plants in tip-top condition, uh, you are going to need one of Hans's sprinklers. And especially if you're into the hashish variety of oh. plants. So it's for weed. In fact, he doesn't even really make sprinklers. It's really a code, a front, if you will, for grass. Okay, so he doesn't even... He doesn't even water plants. He's just sells he just sells pre-rolled joints. All right. Okay. Uh, so it's not really my cup of tea, but I'm sure we have some uh, people out there in the nation who would like to partake. Of course, the paranormal commune is 420 friendly, my friends. Thanks also to Richard Stokes. Richard Stokes chokes when he tokes that dank weed. Oh yeah. <laughs> Richard's big into it. And as I said, the commune is 420 friendly, guys. Can't say it enough. Richard, just remember to head on over to Hans Christian Sprinklers to get the good stuff. I should say we are taking a cut of all those sales. Yeah. Um, hence the hence the big old plug right here in the in the shout outs. Yeah, if we actually have any listeners in Amsterdam, um, just get in contact, please. Thanks also to James Carsley. 
Head on over to James Carsley's dealership where you can get all the sweet cars your heart desires. Wow, that's amazing. Does he uh, deal in like classic cars or something? Really nice cars? He deals in weed. Oh. That's right. <laughs> this car dealer doesn't have many wheels on the lot, but he has the hottest joints on the block. Barely rhymes and I love it. Listen, it, it, we say it's 420 friendly, but sure, as with many activities in the commune, the federal government, local government, unspecified Spanish government, may not agree with how we see things. Of course. You gotta have a front. Sure. Exactly. Thankfully, the local government doesn't speak English, so they're not hearing this. You're saying a lot of things about the location of the commune. Let's keep that. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Let's keep that saying. All right. Thanks also to Richmond Robison. Richmond Robison? That's pretty messed up that, that he robbed his son. His own it's son. Pretty ice cold. But we do respect that level of commitment to the life of crime. Yeah, that's um, badass. You know, sons have pretty cool shit. They've often got nice sneakers, games consoles. Batons hidden sure. around the room. I don't know why a, a boy would have a baton. But, you know, sons could be a good market if you're in the life of crime. It is. Thanks also to Christopher Smith. Chris Smith time. <gasps> Mistletoe and weed. Oh, he's a dealer. That's right. One of the paranormal communes best. He once rolled a joint 12 feet in length. 12 took, feet? Took one toke and blacked out. He's not very good at smoking it, but he's well, good at... that's a pretty tall... Crunch. It's a pretty tall order to get that high. <laughs> but he's there with the best of them. He's making brownies. He's making space cakes. We're happy to have him on board. There's a lot of dealers. Do we even have enough uh, people who like to partake in weed? We shouldn't have enforced the rule that... Um, a weed is a deed, which means if you have any weed, you can just get a house in the paranormal commune. Oh, yeah, that's it. Because it rhymed so good. We, we thought it was smart. Thought it was smart, yeah. but actually, it's a pretty loaded on the one side kind of deal. Turns out it was bad and sad. Thanks also to Lincoln Garvey. Mr. Garvey is the missing Lincoln between man and gray. Really? That's right. His mother was a gray. His father was a man. You know what happened. I don't have to spell it out. When a man loves a gray. Oh, sure. I mean, we don't even need to go into it because it's like he puts so his obvious. No, no, no. We do. It's erect it's rather, penis. Oh, it's very crude. We don't need to do it. Into the Ron Tor. You know the Ron Tor? I was going to say because we don't. The aliens Ron I'm not familiar with alien biology. Well, it's a. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to tell you what happens after the penis goes on the Ron Tor, but. The chasms are pretty blanter. All right, things get pretty hot and crevy. I am so sorry for this X-rated content, folks. This is Alien honestly sex. disgusting. It's pretty gross. If you understood the words I was saying, it's pretty gross. Thanks also to Tommy Kaikunen. Well, if it isn't Tommy the commie. Ooh, this guy is all about giving it away. Really? Communist style. But mostly, he's into giving away weed. <laughs> okay. This guy's not so much a dealer as a dispenser. He's just oh throwing it out around him. 60s style, baby. He'd fit oh, in nice. in 1966 Westall. Yeah, he's actually pissed off a lot of the uh, the dealers in the commune because, you know, they're they're charging for it, obviously. Obviously. And he's just throwing it away, throwing it into the crowds. Good for you, man. Thanks also to Abby Reed. Abby Reed likes tokens that you get from like arcade machines Ooh. like you get like the tokens she just likes like, the tokens she That's just weird. likes the tokens doesn't even trade them in for prizes interesting i mean it's hard to even see what's available when you're that high off your <laughs> off your ass that would make sense because no one in their right mind would just let all those tokens, tokens go. go you can trade them in for snacks and you know she wants snacks. She wants the snacks. She exactly. needs the snacks. But she's having a good time. Let her do it. Uh, thanks to JT McWoosh. JT McWoosh is always just out of there. Anytime you come to visit him, whoo, he's just gone. Whoosh. He's like, you know, when uh, cartoon characters run away mm. and there's just a dust cloud. Wow. Just left there in his spot, his outline. So if you have asthma, don't go anywhere near him because he's one dusty ass son of a bitch. <laughs> He's not that fast. He's just <laughs> dusty as all hell. Very true. Thanks also to Dan Sisson. Dan was an inventor of uh, children's play equipment. A French inventor 
Uh, you might know him from his invention, the Cisson. The Cisson that he invented. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you to Dan. Yeah. He did it all, man. Swings, slides. That's all him. All him? All Dan. He's unstoppable. What He's probably age a billionaire. Is he? <laughs> Eight this summer. <laughs> thank you also to Andre Mondo. You've heard of Andre the Giant? Sure. This is Andre the Ant. Oh. The opposite in every way. So Andre, giant, wrestler, huge, yeah. powerful. Andre the Ant, small, an ant. Oh. Not even just a small human, it's an ant. Is that the I mean, opposite of a giant wrestler? Is that ant? He's actually pretty big for an ant. Oh. So in terms of like scale, he's like Andre the Giant Ant. Ah. So it's kind of, it's, you know, it's a little weird. But if, if Hopper and the rest of the locusts showed up and Andre the Giant Ant was there, sure. They, they're turning right back around. We, they're getting there. They're going to hop the f*** out of the, the forest. We talk about that movie too much. Way too much. I think I've seen it like twice. <laughs> Thanks also to Joe James. Joe James don't play no games. Don't play Joe games. Well, I'm just trying to play a relaxing game of Halo 3. Uh... They don't play it. He's a problem with that? Joe Way. Joe Way, Jose. They don't play no games. What what does he do all the time? Just work? Work. 24-7. Bloodshot eyes. Four coffees deep. That doesn't sound good. Well, sometimes life isn't good. Sometimes life is work and it's pain. Okay, it doesn't have to be work, though. And... Look, I don't, I just don't, listen, I know that life shouldn't be work all the time, but they actually make quite a lot of money, and they're sending it to us on Patreon, so if we could just not mention Halo, so not to take their mind off the work. Halo was whack last night, you should stay at the job, Joe. Exactly, thank you. Thank you. Thanks also to Aaron Pomranke. Aaron Pomranke, Ranky's Pomeranians. She's a dog judge. She's a palm ranky. What a weird job. Exactly. And not even just any type of dog. Just palms. Just Pomeranians. The little puffy little balls of fluff. But she is a brutal judge. Very cruel. If they have but one hair out of place, she executes them. <laughs> she stone cold Steve Austin style. <laughs> okay, so she's Slap. also a wrestler. She's also a wrestler, of course. Yeah. Thanks also to Claudia Torn. Claudia Torn was born with a horn the size of a corn. That's what? right. When she kicked, you don't have to say what because I'm about to elaborate on it. To always assume I'm gonna. Well, you I would like just, a long dramatic pause. I wouldn't just so say I feel like she was born with a horn the size of a corn and then end my sentence. Well, you just stared at me and then went blank for a second. What do I even need to clarify? She was born with a horn the size of a corn. I get it. But uh, don't well, don't be mad about it. It's weird. Sure. Her parents thought she was a demon. Who wouldn't? But she's... she had a corn horn. No, the horn was the size of a corn. It wasn't a corn horn. No, I sh- okay. I should have elaborated because the corn, the horn was made of corn. Okay, so she didn't have any horn. It was just a. It was a bit of corn. Okay, on her head. Yeah. I should have elaborated. It's my fault. I should have elaborated. Thanks also to Harriet Thackeray. Harriet Thackeray likes an ice cold daiquiri. Ooh. After a long, burning hot day of smoking weed, the harshest weed you could ever find. Why? Why? Oh, Her that- throat is burning up and the sun is beating down. We don't have a lot of cover or shade in the paranormal commune because we need the sun to hit those open fields. <laughs> Did we mention the weed was bad? It's <laughs> dirt weed in that it's 90% dirt, 10% seed. <laughs> So, of course, she's going to need a couple daiquiris to cool off after a long day. Thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to Megan Primo Johnson. Megan is begging for a pass into the paranormal commune. But, you know, we've got the gates up and we're looking down. You can see she's got one of those Agent Smith little earpieces. She's got the sunglasses on. It's freaking 100 degrees out here and she's in a full suit. There's no need for an earpiece. Why would you need the earpiece? We can see right through you. And unless you have a big bag of cash... There's no way. Oh, she does. You're, what? Wow, that's the biggest bag of cash I've ever seen. Come on, open in, Megan. the doors. Welcome, you, you friends. Said, hey, can we get one of those earpieces. That looks pretty cool. Actually. <laughs> can I interest you in a joint, madame? She pulls a gun on you. Oh, this is a bust. <laughs> it's like two acres of weed fields and three hundred stoned paranormal enthusiasts. 
It's like the biggest bust of all time. Jesus, Megan, you're killing us here. A single toke before I go on the slammer for eternity, Megan? Thank you so much, Megan, and thank you so much to everyone who has supported us this far. If you're waiting for your shout-out, don't worry. I'm sure it's just around the corner. Guys, what a case this week. I'm so glad you were able to join us. We had so much fun, and we hope that you will be back next week for a brand new episode of This Paranormal Life. But until then, always remember to live Live fast, fast, investigate, and die young, baby! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.